The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. Of the podcast, we'll do this as a take two. I'm Calicio Sunla to the right of me doing sit ups. I don't know why he's doing sit ups or just lying down. Is uh, it's been Josh, a long night, Josh Giant. He's lying down because it's been a long night. Uh, I'd like to find out what time you woke up this morning, Josh, because I was at the gym at 6 a.m. hustling and grinding. Either way, uh, we've just finished another. Enthralling I saw work at six o'clock of, every day. We've, we've just finished a couple of enthralling games of football here at Frank Drago Reserve. First game was a 4-2 controlled and chaotic performance by Perth Glory over Florida Athena. And in this one here, game just, this one here that's just finished, game sprung into life in the second half. Um, jo- uh, Josh and Asmo special where he comes on, scores two goals um, for Bayswater to run out. 2-1 winners over Fremantle City. Josh, initial thoughts on the Basie game? Yeah, well, there's nothing worse. Uh, just just before I go on, there's nothing worse than being a, a night owl who's forced to get up early in the morning. And I am crashing, but the football just about kept me up for it because we had a, cu- a couple of pretty exciting games. It, it seemed like... Both teams were almost happy with the draw for a lot of it. So I, I think that a draw would have um, made it sort of highly likely that both of them would have gone through. But then we had that spark off the bench from uh, Josh and Asmo, just completely changed the game. And, and even some of his uh, his defensive work Little as well. Spark from Alex McLean from the Frio perspective as well came off the bench and scored too. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, scored, scored, scored as well. Scored, yeah, he scored one goal. Scored Sorry, as well. Scored two, <laughs> yeah. as in like T O O. Yeah, yeah. Had a had a from a corner. Although my I, I I was told about it, but my my head was down. And I thought the game was over, and then all of a sudden it was back alive. So I think from the Freo perspective, they've certainly shown throughout the night series, and of course. Uh, you know, this puts them them out of it because Gloria ahead of them on goal difference. Um, but they've certainly shown throughout the night series that as long as they have enough of those first-team players and the players that they've signed available and ready to play, that they're going to be competitive with just about any team in this league. And I think the question for them, along with a number of other teams in the league, is just about depth. And I think more than any other season, just about, we've seen teams come in with really quite thin squads. Uh, part of that's because of the point system and teams that have to sign new players uh, we know the issue that club teams coming up have with mm. uh, with visa players and Frio and Western Knights obviously have had to deal with that coming into the league this is I think Frio much more than Western Knights uh, from the Bayswater perspective um, I think we spoke a bit off air about the embarrassment of riches that they've got up front Cam Tease obviously isn't back from injury yet as well they've signed him he was one of the best strikers in the league before uh, he went away to Melbourne and then subsequently did his ACL um, you know Josh Nasmo Chris Jackson and Josh and Asmo's performance was really a, like stand up and be counted. Oh, yeah. uh, let you know that that, that you it was can't. Very much a pick me coach. Yeah, you can't you can't you 
can't drop me on a whim because on, on top of the two goals, some of his defensive work as well, you know, he worked hard to defend that lead once he picked it up and he almost could have had a hat-trick in about 30 minutes of game time if he'd connected with that overhead kick as well, which would have been a spectacular way to, to cap a remarkable, really only half-hour performance. So obviously he's come down from uh, Perth Glory. He was only playing for them, you know, really about uh, nine months ago. Uh, and, and he was still playing, you know, A-League until not too long before that. So he's a player with fantastic pedigree and, um, you know, he's he's got every bit as much ability just about as his younger brother who's starring for the Perth Glory first team right now. Well, look, there's, there's a lot to kind of go at. So I'll, I'll, I'll start from the Fremantle perspective. I was really impressed with them because they really took it to Bayswater and for much of the game it it was a stalemate, right? It was a really, really highly contested game. They weren't sitting on the back foot. They were very much on the front foot. They were happy to have the ball. They were very direct and I think it kind of touches on the fact of, of the changes that Matt Sparrow has made following their first game against Sterling where he felt they were too slow on the press. They gave the opposition too much respect. They weren't used to the quick um, the quick way that the press was coming towards them from the opposition and they've you've seen the transition that's come about and we've mentioned it right the way through that with Oli Legalia and with Robert Petkov and these two up front they're going to cause a handful and they'll be in the position to score goals but their midfield really impressed me today um, Tapini looked really really good Lowry works and will always work um, but the way that they just kept that ball and they, they moved it they had phases of play where they would get the ball out wide and, and try to bring the ball into play um, through some crosses really impressed with that from a Bayswater perspective there's still a lot of question marks but it's probably the best position to be in where it's hey we're winning all these games and we have still have stuff to work on so what happens once we've worked on the stuff while we're winning games you'd rather have things to work on while you are winning um, obviously there are some things that you can learn only that can come from a loss but it's still a really good place to be in they, they had a bit of a performance where they bent, they bent, they bent, they didn't break. They looked crazy dangerous on the counter-attack as well. Um, our our favourite striker, Chris Jackson, looked... He worked as he, he worked as knackers off. He put some players in some really good positions to score. And he was Basically, talking the entire time, so he's got an incredible uh, engine on him. Yeah, he, he, he absolutely was. Bayswater could have made it 3-1, but at the same time, it, it was a big-time Declan Hargreaves slide tackle that prevented it from being 2-2 late on. So really impressed with the game. But going back to to long-winded way to talk about Josh Anasmo, he's... <laughs> He came on with a real, like you said, with the big time points of proof. He does have that uh, uh, A-League pedigree. The, the, the rap that we've had about him for the last couple of weeks is his decision making hasn't been that great. And he's gone into positions where he could score and he's, he's picked the wrong option or he's shot when he should have crossed or crossed when he should have, when he should have passed. And seeing him today, it looks natural and it just looked like... It looked like one of those chaotic forces that you have to deal with as a defender. And and again, I, I don't want to damn him with fake praise and, and think about him as the same way that you'd think of like a Darwin Nunez. But I do. But no, no, but how did I know you were going to I can, I can, I can, I can name drop Darwin Nunez? I can round this off. And the, 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 thing about, the thing about Darwin Nunez is when you look at his numbers, you're like, hey, he doesn't score that often. He, he doesn't score as many chances as he, sh- as he should. But he scores as, at the same rate as Didier Drogba. 
And Didier Drogba is a Premier League legend who had two or three really great seasons where he scored 30 plus goals. Every other season was 10, 15 goals and every center half knew that they were in a game against him. They knew that they couldn't make a mistake. And I think I think that's what Enasmo brings to the side is energy that comes on it's chaotic and you have to deal with it and and it's really interesting seeing how he played coming off the bench and will be interesting to see how Bayswater integrate him into that side if they want to start him in their team as well well and it definitely was you know a bit of a mistake as well from Frio they left themselves very open at the back on the counter attack even though they, they probably weren't creating as much as they could themselves um, and it, it, it kind of uh, sort of squirmed past the goalkeeper and Anazima was there the mop up obviously the second one was a really good finish we got played in behind um, but but just that tap in clearly meant a lot to him given he, he pulled out the uh, the backflip for a yeah. goal in preseason. I mean, we talk a lot about um, how preseason doesn't matter, as we know with Tyler Garner and his goal-scoring exploits in the first couple of night series <laughs> games. Um, but, uh, but but Bayswater uh, last season, you know, they were pretty awful in the night series. And it, I think it set a template for the first half of their year, even though they did have that sort of brief run where they were they were close to the top of the table early on um, that they were you know quite loose at the back yeah it, but but again it is hard to like Balcata didn't look that great in the night series last nah. year and they had a pretty good season but they were competitive in the night Inglewood series did. and Inglewood got to the final got to the final of the cup and needed the last needed the last day to, to stay up in the league so but but I think Bayswater have given you know as tight as this league probably will be again or hopefully will be again I think Bayswater have given enough for you to be a lot more confident about their prospects of pushing uh, the top four and and those teams up the top who I, I mean I think a lot of us expect Red Star and Kingsway with the signings they've made in the offseason to be pretty competitive at the top of the table uh, not to go too far into our pre season predictions, but I think they've shown enough in pre-season that they can be competitive with those teams towards the top of the table. The coolest thing is now these two teams have played Ito. The result leaves Bayswater top of Group B, um, and Kingsway and uh, Red Star... They play off the top, top spot. To see who gets top spot. And it's a bit of a dead rubber as well, so... It'd be interesting to see what sort of teams uh, they put out tomorrow yeah. as well. But again, the, the the loser of that game might be playing the Perth Glory, which are the team that is in second place right now. Or they could be playing either Sterling or Perth, uh, depending. So Perth Glory goes through if there is uh, a draw Perth in Glory, the yeah. Perth-Sterling game. So we'll, we'll get into the Perth game in a second, but to give you an idea of what the table looks like, it is Bayswater, I want to say, on 11 points. Perth. Well, they can't be caught. So. They, and they can't be caught. Perth Glory are on seven points of it, a bit of differential than Fremantle. The goal differential means that Fremantle are now out of it. We've got Sterling and Perth SC. They're both on five points. They play each other. The winner of that gets eight points. So if it's any, any draw... A draw, a draw sends Perth draw. Glory through, yeah. and uh, if either team win it, they go through in the uh, second place to play whoever wins out of um, Red Star and Kingsway or Red Star if it's draw. Absolutely spicy. Look, we'll be back with part two where we talk about uh, the Perth Glory game, or we might have a special guest from one of the teams. Let's see. 
Well, we were going to move on to talking about the uh, Perth Glory Florida game, but we have nabbed a special guest. I called him the league's best defender when he walked up. I don't know if he's going to claim that title. Luke Palmatier, formerly of Sterling, now of Bayswater. Luke, how are you going? It was a uh, pretty competitive game out there. What did you make of uh, of the performance of your opponents, Frio City? Yeah, well, I think they, they obviously came to get a result they needed to win and obviously to advance their cause in the group so we knew we were going to face a really difficult opponent they've although they've been promoted they've brought in some really good experienced players in this league so we always knew we were up for a fight and they definitely gave it to us but we sort of managed to get the win in the end so it was good mate you're in blue uh, i'm not gonna you know be biased or anything like that but Come on, stay by Jano, huh? Huh? No, no. I have no idea what you're saying, mate. I, I, no I, I, I just said, how are you going, fellow countrymen? Because we, we're both Italians now. But, okay. mate, it's it's been it's been a pretty interesting night series. You guys have finished top of the group. Um, the performance looked a little shoddy in moments and areas, and I'm sure you guys will probably look at that and think that you've got stuff to work on. But you've got stuff to work on in your winning games and your top of the group. So, what's that kind of like feel like where you're in this position where new team, a whole lot of transition, you. You've played a game today where it's felt like you've bent but you didn't break but you've come out with winners yeah um, I think like you said we've been undefeated in this whole group stage and we've been testing players everywhere players playing out of position etc and we win games and we still feel a little underwhelmed with our performance and I think that's really positive um, whole new group of players probably seven or eight that have come in and we're just sort of gelling getting to know each other getting to know how we play bringing players back in so I think we've still got a lot of improvement, even with the results that we have been getting. And that's that's an interesting point because you've played in teams that have had pretty consistent lineups for the last few years at Kingsway and then at Sterling. So what's it like being in a situation where you, you theoretically, and we probably saw it with the strikers today and the performance Josh put in, but a lot of you are competing for places against one another? Yeah. Um, if you look around, there's probably you know two players for every position, and um, there's a lot of experience as well. I mean, you look at our back line tonight, um, four defenders and the goalkeeper are all roughly close to 30. And there's other players in the team that aren't even getting a lick in at the moment, and they're also around that age. So we've got heaps of experience and players that know how to play the game in these tight environments where you've got to seal it out. And um, I think it's just going to aid us. You know, Heaps of competition. Everyone knows competition breeds success. So I think it's going to be really important to um, continue to push each other. And look, you've made the decision to come across from Sterling, and you guys are... Uh through the next round and the oppositions will either be Sterling or Kingsway. I'm not too sure if that's kind of dawned on you no. just just yet. So Red you'll Star, sorry, Red Star or Kingsway. Oh, I've played for Red Star as well. Jeez, yeah, he's played for Red Star as well. Oh, it could theoretically be Sterling in the final. In the final, in the okay. Way. Um, but yeah, uh, Red, Red Star or, or Kingsway, which kind of defeats the point that I was trying to make. So we have to think of a different question this time around. Um, so my question is, how annoying is Chris Jackson in the in the in the, in the training sessions? I heard heaps of rumours before going in about him potentially being annoying. But how's this? When I walked into the change rooms, I found out my lock is right next to his so I sort of had to befriend him a little bit. Um, nah, he's actually, he's great to have. He brings heaps of um, humour and, uh, you know, a really great atmosphere to the team. And I, I think, think he'd be great in the, in the, in the changing room, yeah. He's great, he's fantastic. 
Um, I probably shouldn't have said that, though. So, anyway, we'll see. But the good thing is he's very, very humble, and um, he won't. Well, this won't get to his get to his head at all. But what's it what's it been like being down here at Frank Drago? It's it's a different feel. It's a club that I'm very open about my love for for Bayswater. But what's it been like for you being here, and obviously being with Gary Williams again? Yeah, look. Um, obviously, I was with Gary at Kingsway, so I, I know what he expects from his players. I really enjoy his training sessions. They keep to a very high level, and he just ex- expects and demands a lot from the players. You know, start training 6:30. Everyone on the park, we go. Um, and you know, playing at this club, they're really open and hospitable. I mean, we had a, we, a, we went down south for a for a trip. You know, to a bonding experience, training down there, all put on by the club. I mean, it was fantastic. Just really hospitable people, and um, can't say anything more about them. The great people here. So we spoke. Uh, we've spoken a lot about uh, on the podcast over the last few weeks, you know, whether people care about the night series. Does the preseason matter? You're now into a semi-final. Is this where it gets real? Are you, are you all pretty keen to get a bit of uh, silverware into the trophy case down there? Yeah, of course. I mean, we've all done about eight to ten weeks of training over our um, Christmas break to play these games and you know people put the tag on you know we're just getting warmed up for the the season etc etc but as soon as you cross that line there were some big tackles today exactly exactly and you want to win and you don't want your opponent to get one over you no matter what the competition is so as soon as you go out there you can say all you like you know it's a competition i'm you know getting my match fitness but at the end of the day a win's a win and you've got to take them this early on one more for you josh oh i was just gonna say on that point i mean pre-season doesn't it, it, it it's not a word that that means anything to Declan Hargreaves, is it, with that goal, goal-saving tackle at the end? Nah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, you know, there you go. He puts his body on the line, makes the tackle. If he didn't, maybe it was a goal and, you know, might have changed the game. So, yeah. And last one from us, you've... It's been, yeah, it's to, to add to the things that have been new, seen you at a couple of games playing our defensive midfield, mate. So what's what, what's that like? You're just, you're just thinking of doing everything for the team? Oh, look, I'm just I'm filling some gaps. I'm trying to. I'm trying to move around the field and just help out where I can. We've had a few injuries, so I've had to slot in there. We've got some really experienced defenders that can cover all across. So if it needs to be the case where I've got to play in the midfield, then I've got to do a job and, you know, I'll, I'll just try my best wherever I'm playing, really. Well, look, we actually haven't talked about the goal scorer, so can you give us a couple words on Joel, sorry, Joel, Josh, and the impact that he's had um, coming off the bench? Because, like you mentioned a little bit earlier, a lot of competition for that side uh, to be in the, in the side, and he probably put his hand up to say, hey, coach, you need to start me next week. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we've got John Steins there as well, but like you said, Josh, Josh and Asmo, I mean, he's just lightning fast, and um, it's really great that he got a, a goal in the end because he, he grafts and he puts so much work in for the team. He's a uh, machine when it comes to the fitness, so it's really great he gets you know a reward for the end of these uh, hard work. So he's um, got a brilliant attitude, um, and that's all you can really say. He comes on, does the job, puts his hand up to be picked next week. That's all you can ask for. And look, we thank you so much for coming on the pod and giving us your time. Um, best of luck next week, regardless of who you were playing, and brush up on your Italian mate. So me and you can have a bit more of a conversation. Yeah. Thanks, guys. This podcast is great. You've got to keep it going. So awesome. Cheers. We'll be back with part three. I don't know how we've got a three-part series in the night series, but we have part three, and we'll um, come in with an interview with John Wormsley right now. All right, personal, 
Perth Football Podcast. We've got a uh, quick little insert here to add to the podcast. It's Josh and Kalichi. We're down here at Frank Drago Reserve with Perth Glory coach John Wormsley following, I want to say it was a 4-2 win over Floriot. Um, you've done all you can do. Uh, game's still live right at the moment, and if results go your way, you're through to the next round. But most importantly, uh, how was this calm, composed, and uh, completely controlled preseason gone for you in the 30-plus players you've used so far uh, during the night series? Yeah, I think it's gone um, really well for us. I think, you know, compared to every other team in the league, we're uh, like a reserve team on steroids in a sense because you've got so many lads that are training up with the, the A-League and then some of them might come down, some of them might not. So our training group can change all of the time and the numbers we've got can change all the time. So the challenge for us is being as really, you know, as consistent as possible with a, a side that might change from, from week to week. Um, and the, the most pleasing thing for me is being that every single game we've had so far in pre-season, I've been really pleased with the performance. You know, how they've controlled the game in possession, out of possession, um, sometimes you can be a bit you know, naive and the group needs to, to learn those things but um, yeah, really pleased with how they've gone in the, the night series and a good performance tonight. A unique situation for you as well, the new owners coming into the club and uh, you know, Kenny, Kenny uh, no longer being part of the academy setup. So what's it been like just dealing with, uh, with all, all those, uh, those fluctuations, I guess, in the situation down there at the academy? For us, to be honest, it's been more of the same. It's just, you know, train, get ready for the match, um, prepare as best you can during the week. So we've just been focusing on the, the football and the, the process of training and playing. Um, how things will, you know, evolve in the next weeks and months and stuff like that, we'll, we'll see. But uh, yeah, my job's stayed the same, to be honest. It's prepare the lads and get ready for the weekends. But uh, obviously, um, you've had a lot of players who've been moving up to the A-League. That they've had a issue, obviously, with the financial issues. They haven't been able to, to sign as many players as they would normally, um, I guess, double-edged sword, you know, it's tough for you, but it must also be uh, great seeing those players go into the first team, make an uh, impact the way that, say, Joel and Asimo did on the weekend. Yeah, exactly, and that, at the end of the day, that's what we're, we're here to do, is get lads into the, the A-League, and it's probably the best time, you know, in the last couple of years to be a young player at Glory, because there's so many lads now that are playing well, and then they'll get another opportunity to get into the first team environment and train. So, um, yeah, at the end of the day, if I've got the same 11 every week or I've got, you know, a different 11 for the next four or five, it's irrelevant. It's the, the lads on the pitch are ready to perform and then the ones who go up, superb. That's the opportunity to get onto the next level and then hopefully outgrow what, what we're doing here and moving to the A-League. Look, and there's been... We talk about the amount of changes that have happened in the side, but those lads have had chances and opportunities. And I thought Sam Barry had a really good game today, um, playing in a little withdrawn position, but still getting up there in the field. It's been cool seeing your teams build up in a three. I'm trying to try, trying to guess and still have two people up top and, and out wide. So what's been the most impressive thing that you've seen and noticed from the players during the night series with all that thing that with all that's been going on? I think I think the like the approach of the, the group in general Generals, like superb. It's we've got a group that really values training, improving, getting better. So the likes of Sammy Barry, at the start of the first game or two of the night, said he he was performing really well in, in training, and we wanted to get him on the pitch more. 
and obviously sometimes that's not possible because lads will come down and need to play and get minutes before they go back up and stuff like that but he's just stayed consistent he doesn't get too high or too low he's really consistent Roy uh, Rahamim was exactly the same last week he's training really well his approach is excellent and then he scores two goals and was really good tonight and that's the, the message with the boys all the time is you can't control when your opportunities come but you've just got to stay as consistent as possible and when your chance does come you're ready to take it but it's no different to how you perform week in week out so that's the best thing with the group at the minute it's a good good group and look just thinking about the league in general it was an absolute wild league last year and needed the second to last last game of the season to kind of guarantee safety at, at, at certain points so for those that don't know the intricacies of the league but from a coaching perspective like what's the coolest thing and what's the hardest thing about about this league about coaching in this league Probably the, the, the best thing is every game brings its own challenge, you know, so some sides are really structured, some sides will pass it around, sometimes teams are really direct, but for us it's how can you control that and then get a result as well, so, you know, the group that I've got, they've came through youth football and they're still kids, so they've got a lot to learn in you know, managing the match, so even tonight it's it's a really good performance, but I'm disappointed in the goals we've conceded, but it's we don't... Right con- after you've scored. Yeah, well. and then we, we don't... Contr- it's almost like you go 2-0 up and then we don't know what to, <laughs> to do, you know, and like, it's, it's those things, and that's the beauty of the league, I think it's, it's really good there's probably more on the, the games for the lads in the sense of there's relegation you need to get points it's a really good um, learning experience for the boys in order to move into hopefully professional senior football so yeah, that's the best thing yeah we all like being junior coaches and saying you know the whole team's played well and, and nobody gets a special award but I thought that there was some couple of standout performances today uh, young Yankolowski at centre-back that's a position where you've had some some absences with Labib and Jacob Muir who've played a bit for you not being around um, but he did a really good job on a really senior attacking player in the league and Nick Ambrosio despite the, the goal Ambrosio did score what did you make of his performance and was there anybody else that you were really impressed with specifically today? Yeah I thought, I thought that you know both centre-backs uh, Daniel and, uh, and Malise on the other side as well you know what I like about them is they like defending so the, yeah. the, the good one-on-one and you know sometimes that can get missed where it's if you're a team that's got possession of the ball all the time it's you know can he step in and is he good in possession but these guys like defending so that's you know, but that's important. Um, I think there was uh, there was a lot of good performances tonight. Like uh, both fullbacks were excellent. Or GJ you know, scored two goals. Uh, Taddy was was excellent. Sammy Barry, but you know, not not just singling people out. I thought um, yeah, across the pitch there was there was no one that really let us down to be honest uh, so it was pleasing well, uh, look the last one from us we'll let you get going um, you had a nice refreshing beverage that you had to rehydrate you and you want to make sure you get back to that yep get in get in get in all of the um, nutritional <laughs> delights that you need so I just wanted to ask uh, there was one real moment that I absolutely loved and I wanted to uh, talk about it it was when there was a nice counter attack that um, Florida had going and the player just got himself a nice yellow card do you I don't want to know if you teach the players this but have you shown them videos and make them understand that you can have a yellow card that you can frame up on the wall someday 
Yeah, I think senior football is managing the match. Yes. So that's that's part and parcel of it. So until they bring in blue cards, then and that's why Josh we'll has always game. tipped you guys to be the naughtiest team on the podcast. <laughs> to, to be honest, that's one thing I don't understand. That we're the team that gets well 15 red cards a season, <laughs> but, we, but we don't do any bad tackles. <laughs> you always you're always getting red cards, and it's like oh, they're down to 10 men, but what? They're up four three. Yeah, <laughs> they, they got a red card because they walked off the pitch in the wrong place. Yeah. That was the funniest yeah. one. But look, John. Thank you so much for the time. Best of luck. Hopefully you're in the next round of the night series. And if you're not, I think you get a week off. Was it two weeks off? Yeah, two weeks before the season. Awesome. Well, look, thank you so much, mate. All the best, and I'll speak to you soon. Brilliant. Thank you. Big shout-out to um, Luke Palmatier and big shout-out to uh, John Wormsley as well there. So before we finish off, Josh, um, any thoughts on the Perth Glory game? They just... We've to go back to it, they beat Floriot 2-1 in the earlier fixture. Yeah, it's hard to say what Perth Glory is going to look like as the uh, as the season transpires. Uh, as John was telling us earlier, they've gone through, I think, 35 players through the night series, which is a pretty incredible number for only five games. Mm. Um, so uh, one thing you would say is that they've, they've done really well again in terms of that chance creation side of things and they've, they've still been even though they've had a bit more control of the games they've still been a little bit leak at the back now having you know different players in those positions all the time isn't going to help either I guess the bigger question mark coming out of the game today is uh, around that rebuild at Floriad and uh, and you know I think they, they, they've come bottom of the night series group and Again, we spoke about how preseason doesn't always mean anything for what will happen in, in the actual season. Mm. But there's obviously been a lot of changes at Florida in the off-season. It's going to be interesting to see if uh, Vaz and his team can actually sort of pull everything together with uh, a couple of the players that they've left and playing a lot of the, the younger players who were probably coming off the bench more previously in previous iterations of the Florida side, seeing them actually have to kind of carry uh, the team from the get-go players like uh, Alzadi and... and uh, uh, I think uh, Murray and Christian Delarcus. Yeah, and, and, and Steele as well. But it was cool. We spoke to some of the Floriot boys at the end of the game. Big shout-out to uh, to the Saldaris brothers. Big shout-out to Ludo Voy. Uh, big shout-out to Cheese, a.k.a. Nick Ambrosia. You, we had an interview with him that you can see on our uh, Instagram and our Facebook page. And speaking of them, they said, look, we're, we're okay. We feel calm, we feel collected, we feel pretty composed, we're not concerned about the season ahead. It's gelling processes, it's kind of teething things out, and Vass is a good coach. They've obviously got some pedigree, and it is a transition season, so you know, you shouldn't be necessarily looking at them to win the league unless you're talking to Friday Zico who's told us that he's going to score a goal every three shots this season. I think he's told us he's going to be the top goal scorer in the league. Yeah, yeah, but but we'll just do something more realistic like a goal every three shots so uh if you if you're watching this and you have free time or if you're listening to this rather and you have free time please whenever you see a game of friday's eco just count them up yeah we need how many stats. shots he's had we, that's the only stat we're keeping this year is um friday's eco's uh goal to shot ratio and it only it only applies to shots taken outside, outside the of box, the area outside the area he did score a few bangers last year when he was at coburn though he did but it wasn't at uh one every three shots. But look, going back to the going back to 
the Perth Glory. Um, like John said, it's 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 got to be really hard, right, having this transition and having so many players come into the squad. But at the same time, you've got players who are really hungry, who are really dynamic in a professional setting and they're training all the time. So I'm excited to see what they look like when the season comes through. I'm not too sure if they have any any like overt goals in terms of position to be in the league aside from not getting relegated but you know that's that's a un- unspoken kind of requirement from them but looking at the squad and looking at the likes of Sam Berry who played pretty good today Despotowski did really really well and um, Jankolovsky Christian Jankolovsky Hershen Christian's younger brother. Yeah, his younger brother. It's it's late, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, and seeing seeing that, and then you think that you know they they didn't have Labib on today. They didn't yeah, no have on Labib. No Joel and Asmo, who looks like he might be breaking into the, uh, the first, team. first team proper. No, they haven't had any Daniel Benny at all. They haven't had. Uh, Lat Matiang didn't play today. Oh, yeah, red, red card in the last game. James Overy didn't play Orange today. Card, he reckons. Oh, it, was, it wasn't a good tackle. <laughs> it wasn't, coming from me, it was not a good tackle. Um, but look, we are now waffling on because it's late. Uh, so, Josh, any more for any more? I, I guess just there's, um, you know, the academy system has been running for a while, not just with Perth Glory, but, but across the country. And you're maybe just starting to see a, a little bit of additional depth come into the the ranks of the youth players at Glory um, from, you know, the length of time that that academy system's been running because, you know, it, it doesn't seem like the quality of their performances has really changed all that much week to week aside from that one game where they actually had a lot of their more senior players in against Frio and they were, they were pretty ordinary. So um, I, I think that must be pleasing for, for John and Steve and the rest of the people down there at the Glory Academy that they've got so much depth in the, in the young players that they're able to work with. Yeah, I I second everything that you've just said there, not because I haven't been listening and was looking at the sprinklers, but just because everything you said there was terrific. They are hypnotic. They are very, very hypnotic. But look, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this episode. A reminder, we have extended the deadline for the quiz night. The quiz night is on Friday next week. It is at Claremont at the Academy. It's a good chance to support and keep us running for the season. We've got some really good plans um, around some better quality videos, some better quality audios. It is not simply just a football quiz. There are questions from all walks of life. We've got some music questions there. We've got a uh, pop culture, a couple pop culture rounds. Um, the Quizzit of Oz, Andy Barrett runs the quiz, so it's you know it's going to be a good night. We've also got a lovely bottle of whiskey to, to win. You know that game that Michael Jordan plays where you've got to take the, the court <laughs> and go as closest to the wall as possible. Where he starts taking like items of clothing off the security. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, we've got that. But you've, if you get closer to the bottle, you get to keep the bottle. It's a lovely bottle of, uh, of scotch whiskey. You, you, don't, so. you don't lose $20,000 to inveterate gambler Michael Jordan. Un, un, unless you bring $20,000 worth of $2 coins and you are not closer to the bottle, then no, you won't well, that, lose $20,000. But that would be great for the podcast if you wanted to lose $20,000 at the podcast. In fact, just give us a donation. I work for the tax man. We can make it a tax write-off in, in that regard. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for listening to the Perth of the Podcast. The Women's Night Series started, so we'll start checking that out over the next couple of weeks as well. Um, Sorrento also through the last, uh, through to the semi-final of the Night Series after a 9-8 win on penalties after a 2-2 game. Uh, but that is it from Josh. Josh, say goodbye. 
see you later. And be careful and be kind. Toodaloo.